Night gathers, and now my rewatch begins. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grandex Media. I am Ross Bolin, here with Veronica Ruck. Hello. And Barrett Dudley. Happy uh, October. Thanks. It is indeed October. It's basically it's a new month. Halloween. It's a new month. It is. That's right. You've got less than 30 days to put together your, all your Halloween costumes. Yeah, if you don't ha- have your costume, you're already behind. I believe many of our listeners will probably be uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones themed characters. Well, what Send us those pics if you are. Maybe they've already been Game of Thrones characters, though, many I times I sure before. have. Pick a new yeah. one. There's plenty <laughs> of characters to pick from. Alive That's and dead. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You should only be... It'd be, it'd be good if you could get a, a band of your friends together and only be the dead characters, but be them dead. Zombies versions. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could have, like, if you're Catelyn Stark, you know, you could have your throat slit, basically. You could You'd basically something. be Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be tight. Yeah. If you do dress up as uh, as one of the characters from Game of Thrones, as Veronica said, please send us your photos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is our fourth podcast as Lord and Lady Commanders of the Night's Rewatch. If you're not familiar, we are rewatching the entire show from episode one, doing a podcast on each episode that releases every <laughs> Monday. Uh, about that one episode in particular with the perspective of people who are caught all the way up on the show. So yes. there are spoilers. Yes. Again, spoilers galore. There are spoilers. This episode. Yes. The, uh, night, the night is dark and full of spoilers. It is. Full of spoilers. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you, Melisandre. Um, you can follow me on all social media. I'm Ross at WRBolin on all the different platforms. You can follow Veronica at... Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, on Twitter and Instagram, VM Ruck on Snapchat. Barrett, where can you be followed? I can be followed across all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, at Barrett Dudley. And here's some exciting stuff. We have an Instagram account for this podcast that's Game of Thrones themed, and it's at uh, Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram. Go check it out. we got a ton of followers. It's really fun in there. The comments are always great. And follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters Clams Cockles. Our hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. You can call with questions, takes, whatever you got. During the season, like when season eight rolls back around here in a year and a half, we will be doing a Thursday podcast every week that is based around hotline calls. Now, during the night's rewatch, we are not doing Thursday podcast episodes. However, if we have a good hotline call, to 866-43-CLAMS, or more than one good call, we will play them. This week, we have none. 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 There was a couple good calls, but it's things we're going to touch on anyway, so there's no, not really a need. Um, but we appreciate the people who have called in. Please continue to call in 866-43-CLAMS. We've got shirts, Game of Thrones-themed shirts, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles-themed shirts. GrandXShop.com slash OCC is where you can get those. 
Uh, my personal favorites are uh, Party Like Tyrion, Slay Like Daenerys. That's a good one. And the ladder that says chaos under chaos. it. Chaos. Because chaos is a ladder. Chaos is a ladder. I don't know if you guys know that. Indeed. Grandexshop.com slash OCC is where you can get all those great shirts. Get on there. Show your support. Be a part of the Clam Fam Nation. You know what I'm saying? I do. Good. I sure dragon. do. Yeah, dragon. Uh, now let's get into it. Cripples, bastards, and uh, cripples? Cripples. Bastards. Bastards? Did you say back turds? Back bat turds? Yeah. Cripples, bastards, and broken things. Bit of a tongue twister. Oh yeah. Not yeah. really. Not really. <laughs> Written by Brian Cogman and directed by Brian Kirk. Two Brian's. One with a Y, one with IA. A tale of two Brian's. This was a Brian heavy episode and you can feel it from frame one. <laughs> mm, so much Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good Brian. Uh, Brian Kirk also did last week's episode, the one we did discuss last week. And also never heard from again? Nope. And he's doing the the one we'll be talking about next Monday oh, as well. Okay. So he did three in a row. By the way, let's just put this in right here since we're talking about directors. Big news for season eight. Huge. Huge news. Huge. Yeah. Huge. What's so the, big what's that you can just drop the H off of that word. Huge news. And what is that what news? Is it? Are you willing to share it with us? Or I'll you share just it. I'll hype share it. it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll, sh- I'll share it. I'll share it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Directors for season eight include uh, D&D, Benioff and Weiss, mm-hmm. as well as Miguel Sapochnik. Oh, that's a good one. Big yeah. time. We like him. Who was absent from this entire last season. Which the people weren't happy about that. No, no. Uh, Least of all us. We were begging for him back, yeah. basically. Um, but he is of Battle of the Bastards and Hard mm-hmm. Home fame. In fact, he is most lauded for bringing the cinematic feel of a movie to Game of Thrones. He's an excellent director. Uh, he's going to be there, too. And then is there one other guy? There's David a- Nutter. David Nutter. Nutter. That's a good name. Yes. Uh, Nutter is the guy who did uh, The Reigns of Castamere. Oh, yes. Also, yes. The, 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 the Red, Red Wedding, Wedding episode. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Sapochnik did Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards. So, basically... Heavy hitters. We've got the A-team assembled here. Thank God. In the director's chair. Here's what's interesting about this. Uh, I don't think Benioff and Weiss have have done directing. But these are the only people that are doing season eight. It's Sapochnik, Nutter, and Benioff and Weiss. Man, how do you go through life with the name Nutter? That's uh, rough. I don't know. This is coming from somebody whose last name rhymes with fuck. <laughs> yeah, Nutter. I mean, but I, Nutter's bad. I think as a dude, it's probably a fun name. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, it's more of like a good nickname to have I didn't bad. like, I did not like ruck jokes until now. Now I'm cool with them. But like, growing up, they were rough. I just feel like. Well, who goes Nutter- around, around the age of 30, tossing around jokes about names? You do. Well, Literally, sure, I met you, and you were like, hey, wreck my dick. Yeah, but I'm not normal. I never said that. <laughs> but the record could never prove that I said that. I never said that. I would never say that. Uh, but yeah, so the, the huge news on the director front, very good news. Yes. That I think Game of Thrones watchers as a whole are very excited about. It is it is a little odd to me that we're relying on like such a small group. Well, there's only six episodes. I know, but it's it's a, that's a heavy load. No, I think it's good. I think we don't want anybody else messing with it. Yeah. Well, it so each each if each of those teams gets two episodes, like that's you know. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I, I I mean, obviously, Sapochnik's there for the at least one giant battle. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. battle purposes. Yes. That's what he specializes in. Yeah. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Nutter is involved in murdering off people that we <laughs> love dearly as he has been in the past. Right, And I'm right. sure we're going to get some people we love dearly murdered. So It is almost a certainty. Yeah. It would be quite... I will say it would be bad if all of our, our beloved characters all make it through the end of this thing. There won't be many How interesting... How could they possibly? Not going to happen. couldn't possibly. Yeah, well, anyway. That in the Game of Thrones news front, we are done with that. Cripples, bastards, and broken things. Um... Episode four of season one, obviously, opens up with a dream sequence. I believe our first dream sequence, if it yeah. can indeed be classified as a dream. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's... It's a dream at this point. Okay. With Bran, is uh, an uncrippled Bran, practicing his archery, encounters this raven that has three eyes. And if, mm. I, if I remember correctly, this is the first of many yeah. of this vision that he kind of has over yeah. and over. What I what I'm trying to remember about what when I'm watching this is like, what did we think of this the first time around? Because it's totally just random. that it was creepy. We had no idea what it meant or symbolized at all yet. Yeah. It was just that just a creepy dream. Here's I this think. creepy dream. Obvious yeah. foreshadowing toward something with Bran mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. there was going to be some type of special storyline with him. Dude I think. loves birds. Big bird guy. Yeah. Big fan of the birds. Very cute boy at this point. Still so cute. Still. <laughs> Can't uh, wait to like pinpoint exactly when he becomes uncute. Like we'll be able to see that season. Yeah, oh, that'll be fun. Be, he 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 misses the whole season. Remember, oh, and and he comes back. Season. He comes back. And he's, and he's gone. He comes back, and everyone's yeah. like, "Goo!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One interesting little bit of foreshadowing at the beginning of this, if you can call it that, I guess, when Theon comes into Bran's chambers after Bran awakes from this dream, and Summer is is you know chilling on Bran's bed, and she snarls, growls. Mm. At Theon. And it was one of a couple different points in this episode where it felt like there are characters or dogs that uh, already sense that he is evil or bad. Yeah. The other one being the scene with Tyrion where Tyrion is very turned off by him uh, and mean to him. Picks on him pretty hard. Yeah. And then another part where Jaime Jaime. says... uh, Jory says, he's a good kid. And he's like, I doubt it. And he's like, I doubt it. Yeah, I I, I really (laughs) doubt it. Which is interesting um, because he obviously ends up being not a good kid. Yeah, I never picked up on the first time watching this any hint that Theon would be terrible. Like, Not terrible, but it's definitely... The way he turned on them, I did not foresee at all. I was like, no, they're bros. But he does come off as kind of like a pompous dick. And now more than the first time to me. Well, the sure, first time I watched have... it, he seemed like, all right, he's just like a big brother character who's being a, kind of a jerk. He's cocky. He's kind of mistreats hookers. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. He's kind of a but dick. But now yeah, I see yeah. it. Yeah. Wait, well, But nobody course. could have seen, you know. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, we meet Hodor for the first time. Hodor. Hodor comes in, becomes, uh, at Theon's request, becomes a brand's permanent, or at least for a while, uh, personal human horse yeah i guess carries him around we don't know anything about hodor hodor at this point obviously other than that all he says is hodor and uh the big you know story point here is that Tyrion is traveling back from the wall passing through winterfell and is presumably making his way back to king's landing is what he intends to do mm-hmm. in this episode uh when he gets back to winterfell he is kind of met with a not so friendly uh, 
which which Rob is not extending much hospitality to him. Mm-hmm. Rob Rob's kind of not a lot of warmth. Rob's kind of trying to set the tone as yeah. Lord of Winterfell. Yeah. Does uh We know what you're up to, you sneaky Lannisters, is what he's thinking. Sure. Yeah. Does Tyrion live at King's Landing right now? Yes. yes. Why wouldn't he live at Casterly Rock? Because Dad hates him. Yeah, okay. uh, he didn't have a good relationship so with his, his pops. Well, but, but I think yeah. if you have to pick King's Landing, as he points out, has the has better whores, better whorehouses, okay. better bars, better options for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. All the things that he loves. Yeah. Tyrion brings with him to Winterfell a contraption designed for a contraption yep. for Bran mm-hmm. to ride to be able to ride horses. It's like a saddle for cripples. Um and at that, I guess, was enough for Rob to kind of loosen up on Tyrion and, and say that he's perfectly welcome to stay inside of Winterfell, to which Tyrion refuses and says he'll stay in the whorehouse because, of course. We do get a line from Tyrion here that rep- that uh, gives us this this episode's title, where he says, I have a tender spot in my heart for cripples, bastards, and broken things. Mm. And uh, I always like that line. Mm-hmm. Personal favorite of mine. Yep. I consider myself to be a broken thing. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Tyrion kind of picks up on that, that Catelyn is not in Winterfell. Right. Where she is supposed to be. Not there. And he somehow manages that. I pro- Just based on not seeing her, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Right. Um, and he gives Theon a very hard time, as we talked about. Asks him, how do you think Balon Greyjoy would feel if he knew his only surviving son had turned lackey? Never, I don't think we ever use the word lackey again in this show. I don't know that word. It means like, like, like a, a goon. You're like a like a henchman. He's a little servant for okay. yeah for the Starks. Yeah. Okay. Like lackey is usually used as a term for like a bully's sidekicks. Those mm-hmm. are his lackeys. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Tyrion flips Theon a gold coin, tells him his next tumble with Roz is on him, uh, and that he'll try not to wear her out. Roz brought up quite a bit in this episode. She's like the oh, only. Yeah. Ho- is she the only whore in Westeros? She's got to be the most famous whore in Westeros, hands down. She's the hottest whore in the North. That's that's for damn sure. Is she hot? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Wait. But he's already had Roz. Yeah. Uh huh. Roz is in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. He has Roz with like five other chicks at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Roz is his, his opening scene. Yes. But Theon yeah. Theon doesn't know that, so Theon's telling right, him, like, right, hey, right. you should try okay. out Roz, and yeah. Tyrion's like, yeah. yeah, like I haven't already. Little uh, yeah. dickhead. Okay. Yeah. Out at the wall, John's training there's, with... Oh, there's, the, also, there's also... There's just so much... When you don't know about the backstory, because it doesn't mean anything to you, it's so easy to, like glaze over all of it right but there's but in that little conversation they have they he, they kind of give us some of the gray joy rebellion backstory yes there's a lot in this episode in particular that uh like historical wise yes. yeah that you probably didn't put much stock in the first yeah, time you watched it would have been show. more helpful like at a time that we knew who the fuck everybody was I like it. That's what. That's kind of the whole point, though. Is of like this. it's yeah. building up this his, this. God, I feel this. so bad for anybody who's not doing the rewatch. Yeah, because you'll you really, never know this. You really now. do get so much more. Yeah. Than you would think out of it. Out at the wall, John is training with his boys. It, the, the, I'll say this about season one, and kind of this kind of maintains throughout. But in season one in particular, the Nights Watch 
seems so small. Uh, and I don't remember exactly what the number was. I think they say in the last episode we watched that there's less than a thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems like, like there's about fifteen guys <laughs> out there at the at the nights at the nights watch. Yeah, you don't see a ton of them because John's got his little gang. It's They're like around three though. dudes, and then uh, it's a bunch of you know, I mean, Alistair's out there, but it's mostly guys that you never hear anything about or get yeah, any storyline, yeah. and they just disappear. They're extras. Mm-hmm. Um, John, as we know, has taken the position of trying to help his friends become better swordsmen rather than just pounding on them every day. And in the midst of their training, we were introduced to Samuel Tarley yep, for yep. the first time. He looks way worse then than he does now, I think. They had gone through the effort, I believe, of making him clammier yeah. and paler. Mm-hmm. He looks like absolute shit. Yeah, he well, he's supposed to look like dog shit right now. Yeah, yeah, I, but uh, mission accomplished. He doesn't look good. He, um, he looks like he's about to keel over and die, yeah. <laughs> is, the, is the truth yes. of it. And yeah. he looks way younger to me, too, though. What? I thought he looked about the same. Yeah, yeah too, I don't know. He looked... We get a great <laughs> comedic introduction to him where, as he's walking up, someone says, what in seven hells is that? And another guy says, they'll need an eighth hell to fit him in. It's just a <laughs> bunch of fat jokes. They just fat shame the hell out of this guy. It, before the rewatch, if you had... Given me a true or false, Samuel Tarley's first appearance is in season one. I think I would have said false. <laughs> I think I would have too. I and I probably would have said the same thing about Braun. Which yes, that was a great intro. Yeah, I totally forgot I that he's in that. I did not. Both of these guys are in at episode four. That's totally, I know because they I seem know. like they seem like newer characters to me. Well, they yeah. don't become important. more important until yeah. later on. Yeah, they true, get true. developed much slower. Slower, <laughs> more slowly, more slowly, more, more slowly <laughs> over time. Much like uh, my my grammar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam says, I've come to take the black, and s- and someone says, come to take the black pudding. <laughs> I love fat jokes. They're great. <laughs> uh, th- the development here is that John comes to Sam's defense when they're just beating the ever-living shit out of him at the behest of Sir Alistair mm-hmm. Thorne, who's just... Just the worst. Just a dick. A real just dick. A, just a mean guy yeah. all around. Uh, he's also he, the guy who he eventually... Does he have for being mean? I, or I, just I, like, I don't know. Mean? I think he's just kind of like... He's kind of like Bobby Knight. Uh, he's, that kind of coach? Yeah. Just filled with rage? Just filled with rage. He's an old school guy. He believes in tough love. He doesn't like these he fucking thinks, millennials. He, yeah, he doesn't like these millennials and Gen Zers. He thinks they're all a bunch of pussies. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't even... Then, know, they don't know shit about the cold. They, they, yeah, yeah. Small wiener. So, you know, so like... So think about anybody who's mean for the sake of being mean. He, he just... That's, that's him. Well, and he eventually is the guy who... Well, one of the, his knocks against John is that John is this noble-born guy or whatever, even though, right. he, even though right. he's not. He's a bastard. He's been treated yeah. as such his entire life. But the fact that he's had some training, that he grew up in a castle, Alistair holds all these things against John. Yeah, and I don't know, what, I don't know exactly what he wants John to do. Do differently. No, he's. That's what's so unfair about you it. You know, and what's so it's frustrating as a watcher because you're like, hey yeah. man, like he's actually he like a legit fighter and can hold his own and is like showing leadership and like banding these guys together around him and it's you know. But I do agree with you that at, at first I think part of his attitude, Sir Alistair Thorne's attitude, is that he. This is his tactic. That this is part of the way he coaches that right. he trains is to try to get these guys to realize the severity of their situation. Yeah. The importance of their post. 
and it's a tough love type mm-hmm. of coaching, not 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 a very nice guy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but then obviously it develops to be a much bigger thing later on yeah. because he actually, you know, yeah. basically yeah. engineers the rebellion to have John murdered. Right. Um, the mutiny. Yeah. Quite the mutineer. Then he gets hung, <laughs> and that's what you get. I don't know why you just yelled out mutineer, but it was it was entertaining. <laughs> the accompanying face was great as well. <laughs> For new listeners, a big part of what we do here uh, on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles as a part of the Grand X Media operation is something called Man Outfitters, which you can check out at manoutfitters.com. If you want to show your support for this podcast, for us at Grand X, go to manoutfitters.com. We've got a discount code just for you so that you can get 10% off your entire order on manoutfitters.com, and that discount code is DRAGON. DRAGON. So if you type that in at checkout, DRAGON. DRAGON. 10% off your whole order. What Man Outfitters is, is we, we pick the best brands in menswear and then take their best products and put them up on the site for you so that you have a much easier, much more simple shopping experience. Uh, we got a ton of sale products that are exclusive to the app right now, which you can download the Man Outfitters app in the app store, uh, where there's some stuff that's like 50% off, I'm told. There is sale on Man Outfitters on the app. That's download a- the app. Go check out the sale section. Go check out the news section, which every time you click onto the app, go to the news section. There will be a little blue dot if there's new stuff since the last time you checked, right Mm. on the new. Look at that. It's just like a little indicator. It's yeah, it's a little indicator. Kind of gives you. It's like you know, it just gives you endorphins because you know you're about to see some dope new shit that you've never seen before. Christmas morning, baby. Yeah, every day. Well, maybe not every day, but a lot of days. Some of the days. Uh, We got Vineyard Vines on there. True Grit is a new company that we just brought on to manoutfitters.com that's got great fleeces. I'm told they're the softest in the land. Check those out. There's a new hoodie on there, and I just I, I need to talk about this hoodie because I don't want anybody to get be confused. The hoodie is a Yeti logo pullover hoodie. So you put this hoodie on, and on front of you, it will say Yeti. Okay. But unlike their coolers and cups, which we also carry, it's not going to keep you cold inside. Because that's important to do, yeah. It's going to do the opposite of that, which is keep you warm inside. It should oh, be said shit. about Yeti products, and I know this because I use the ones I have for yes. Manapitors. They can also keep your, your beverage warm, though. Okay. I put okay. coffee into my uh, my small Yeti, what are they called? Highball or whatever the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're changing the game over there, then. It keeps my coffee quite hot for quite a long time. Yeah. Indeed. Well, that's the Yeti logo pullover hoodie. It's just a nice, n- neutral, athletic gray Good for good for run, making coffee runs. Oh yeah. Good for Saturday mornings. Good for watching college game day on your couch. Maybe it's a rainy day and you just want to be comfy. And then the next day you'll be watching Game of Thrones on Sunday. You can just put this thing right back on. Never change. Never shower. <laughs> never leave your home. Order food delivery only. Dragon. Dragon. Type it in at checkout. Ten percent off manoutfitters.com. We're gonna take a break real Dragon. quick. We will be back to talk more about this episode. Hello, friends. This is producer Micah. You probably know me on this podcast as the guy who whispers dragon about 15 times a podcast. Well, guess what? I've got a special announcement for you. We've partnered with our friends over at mybookie.ag to get you a 100% cash sign-up bonus with your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code OCC. That's OCC like oysters, clams, and cockles to get 100% bonus on your first deposit. MyBookie has been in business for years and their rep is rock solid. They've got the fastest payouts in the industry. Seriously, only two business days. I would only recommend a service to the listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. 
They've got live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business, as well as an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go super easy. Okay, so join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus. Use promo code OCC to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, we are back. Let's go across the narrow sea to Vias Dothrak. One of the coolest city names ever in this show. That one always stuck with me. I don't know why. Uh, Danny gets to Vias Dothrak with her, you know, her army. Dothraki army. And uh, we get some info here from Jorah. This is important information that kind of becomes an important talking point for uh, multiple seasons, really. That the Dothraki have never crossed the narrow sea ever. And they fear any water that their horses can't drink. That tidbit from Jorah. Which, this is important, obviously, because in order for the Dothraki army to be useful to Danny, they need to be able to go across the narrow sea to Westeros, which is what she wants or to take back. useful, too. Viserys at this point. Yeah, but he's being phased out more and more by the Real men. quick. Oh, he's so terrible. Yeah. No. Well, another interesting thing Jorah says is that King Robert is fool enough to meet them in open battle, but yeah. the men advising him are different. Yeah. Has King Robert not already said only a fool would meet the Dothraki in open battle? He did say that, I think. Which is it's just interesting that Jorah is literally the opposite. He's so off on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Um... Jorah also gives us a little bit more of his thing about how Ned Stark wants his head, drove him from his land. Khaleesi says, you sold slaves. He says, yes. She says, why? He says, I had no money and an expensive wife. Yeah, okay, this was interesting. Who's I, who's his wife? What's she doing now? Where well, is she? It's funny that you should you should ask because Khaleesi asks the same thing and he says, in another place with another man. Yeah, wh- so where is that and who is who's this man's? No idea, but... Uh, it just Barrett's is, not feeling good <laughs> about this wife leaving his man's Jorah. I'm you're, just curious. Your man's I'm just got. Curious. I'm just curious who could possibly be better than Jorah. <laughs> your man's got cucked. That's what happened here. Uh, Viserys, in a very sexual, probably the most sexual scene we've had thus far, is bathing with a hooker. That is, is one. Of, is what? that the Tyrion? most sexual with Tyrion? His, all his whores and. This is that's those are sex scenes, but they're not. But they're not sexual they're like not in a erotic, steamy, erotic way. Uh huh. This okay. was like a, yeah. You okay. felt that tension, honey. Sh- sure, I did. This was <laughs> this was steamy. Yeah, I I totally forgot about this scene. Really? And when so when I first oh, it gave when me it, the heebie when it first popped up, up on the screen, I was oh. like, wait, why is she, why is she into him? And then then it comes. <laughs> he you pays know, her. He's paying her. Yeah. Um, there's a yeah. lot that's given out in that little bath. But it is a, it is an, that's what we call an info dump right there. Good God, I had to pause it like 26 times. That, that was, there's, there, one of my notes about this episode is that there is a lot of back, like we already said, there's so a, t- there's a ton of backstory and history in this, in this episode. So about this, really important yeah, shit. This is very, very interesting. But that, yeah, so we learn all about the dragons at the, and that there aren't any more and that, they used to be in the throne room, and and they don't. He don't know what what's happened to them now. Thinks and they've been smashed to powder. Yeah, tossed to the wind. Tossed to the wind. Some yeah, shit. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make out lines there. Yeah, he says the brave men didn't kill dragons. The brave men rode them, rode them from Valeria to build the greatest civilization the world has ever seen. The breath of the greatest dragon forged the Iron Throne, which the usurper is keeping warm for me. Have we never seen Valeria? We have. Uh, I don't think yeah. we have. No, Valyria? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jorah and Tyrion are passing through 
Valyria when he gets when he oh, gets touched right, by right, the stone right. man. Okay, but we don't ever see like we've never seen old Valyria. That's like a place we've never been, to yeah. my knowledge. If yeah. we're wrong, let us know. But I, I, yeah. I cannot remember oh, that seeing would be Valyria. Cool. I'd be down for a Valyria spinoff. Spinoff, yeah, that'd be tight. Another interesting piece of information here: the lovely prostitute. Is she even a prostitute? What is she? I don't know what... Yeah. This this whole scene calls into question what she is to me because... Well, first of all, let me make my point. She drips wax on mm-hmm. Viserys and he says, ow. Didn't mean shit to me the first time I watched the show, but pretty good indicator there that... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not supposed to be hurt by yeah, fire and yeah. or fire products. That um, is correct. Yeah. Do we know that already, though? No, like, we don't know No, that. no, no. We don't know I, that but yet. But do they know that? No. I don't think they know that. I don't think they know that either. We, I don't think they know that or anyone knows that until the end of this season when mm-hmm. Danny uh, walks so in So they don't fire. know that their uh, I don't think so. ancestors mm. were able to do that? We don't that. know if we they don't even know. know if their ancestors were able to do that, do we? We don't. We don't have okay. any real backstory on that to yeah. my knowledge. Yeah. I don't know and how much... certainly not from the show. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Great quote from the lovely hooker is that I've seen a man from Asai with a dagger of real dragon glass. Yes. Yep. Which, very interesting. And she's also seen a man who could change his face the way other men change yep. their clothes. Yeah. And a pirate who wore his weight in gold and his uh, ship had sails of colored silk. Yes. Who Just that? firing out characters that we have no idea who the hell they are at this point. And, and again, Is this that one uh, supposed to be what's his face? Euron? Yeah. I don't know. Who that It pirate? doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay. He's just some pirate. All right. She's just seen some shit. Okay. One of them and being and dragon will, glass, and the, other be, and the other being Real a faceless soon. man. A faceless man, yeah. So, these hookers—they see a lot. Oh man, a massive <laughs> stink bug just landed on her window, and Veronica nearly had a heart attack. Uh, we find out from Viserys, as Barrett mentioned, the dragon skulls used to decorate the throne room. This is a bummer to me. Mm. I need to bring this back when Danny gets in there, yeah. provided that the dragon skulls that are below the Red Keep do survive mm-hmm. whatever battle goes down Well, there. they won't need them because they're going to have real dragons, hopefully, sitting up there. It's still cool decorations, man. No, it's still man. cool yeah. decoration, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I like the concept of like the 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 you know the newest ones uh-huh. being so malnourished and right, incorrectly right. raised that they're tiny, like the size of dog heads. Mm-hmm. All the way up to Balerion yeah, the Dreads, that, that was who's the size yeah. of a fucking house. Except for it's also kind of like showing how bad you messed up. Yeah, so it's maybe not just gr- only have the big one. It's not the good for the Targaryen rep. Yeah, but it's tight for a history museum <laughs> yeah. like yes. of Westeros. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I think it's good though when Danny gets back and her dragons are as big as the original. Like, look, I came, mm-hmm. I came back. Now my started from dragon. the bottom. Now I'm yeah, here. literally. Mm-hmm. Look, I did this correctly. Yeah, I didn't lock them in a pit and whatever the dragon uh, what was it called the dragon pit Pit. yeah yeah dragon pit yeah you were right I was right be confident Ross Um, All right. so here's the part that got weird to me we found out Viserys he says you think I bought you to teach my sister to be a better lover you think I bought you to make Cal Drogo happy oh you pretty little idiot so what what did this mean did he not because I thought that was and during my first and second watch of this episode even I didn't really get what he meant, and I took it still as that he did buy her to teach his sister how to make Cal Drogo happy, Cal Drogo happy. But here he's indicating that that's not the case. And it almost gave me the vibe of like, he's training, he wants her to train Danny up for him eventually. Ew. That his intention might be to take Khal Drogo out once he's fulfilled his purpose and have Danny as his queen, Ew. continuing on the Targaryen 
tradition of of incest. Hmm. That's kind of the vibe I took away from what he said. I feel like I just took it to mean that that her main um, job there was to please him. Please him. That's what I took okay. it as too. Just like you're for me and like whatever. If you're you know being her like handmaid or whatever for a bit. He just he has that. made reference before to like to sh- says to Danny straight up like make him happy. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Neither here nor there. Gross. Back in King's Landing. He's the mo- I, sorry. I feel like it, I hate him right now more than Joffrey. Like we don't know how much we hate Joffrey yet. Oh yeah. He's Well, we've had way, way more, more of the Sarah's screen yeah. time. Yeah, at this point. It's crazy. You forget that he was the original bad he, guy. He's and I agree with what you said last week. There's a lot of similarities in attitude and entitledness mm-hmm. between Joffrey and Viserys. Mm-hmm. Back in King's Landing, Sansa is reciting who, uh, who these different facts about Westeros. Who built the Iron Throne, Aegon the Conqueror? Who built the Red Keep, Magor, Magor the Cruel? Mm-hmm. Do we ever get more on Magor the Cruel? That's one I mean to Google after we're done recording. Uh, when you do like dives and uh-huh. stuff... You'll hear about Magor the Cruel. There is more backstory yes. on that. So it's yeah, not just yeah. something that existed in this one line. Yeah. That was my question. Okay, cool. Um, but in the midst of this this scene here in the, what do you call it? The throne room. Uh, Sansa cut, cuts to the chase and says, my grandfather and uncle were murdered here, weren't they? And we get that they were killed on the orders of King Ares, the Mad King, commonly known as the Mad King. Just more history there. But still no real explanation of why. For what exactly went down. Yeah. yeah. Do we ever get that? No. Mm-mm. Not on the show. Okay. And is she still mad at Ned because of the whole wolf thing? Yes. Yeah. She's very fickle little teenage she brat. She that up. Yeah. Well. Mm. No. What was he supposed to do? Oh, no. I mean, she's he had mad at him because she's a teenager. Like, yeah, it's she's not his just, fault. She should be mad at Cersei. There's no real logic behind teenage angst. Yeah. She's just pissed at her parents because hating life. your parents is cool. Yeah. It's just, it's not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where were we? Oh, Ned finds out that John Aaron was asking Grandmeister Pycelle for this this book. The night before he died. Yeah, and it's currently turning into New Orleans in King's Landing because of this, because of the tourney. It is. Yeah. Getting quite out of control. They, it's getting out of control. There it's a fucking are illegal horse races in the streets. Can you believe On the it? Street of Sisters. On the Street of Sisters, On no less. On the Street of Sisters, no less. There are bar fights. The inns are packed. All the whores are already bow-legged. It's just a mess out there. It's just... They don't have enough cops. It's it's New Orleans. There's not enough... Yeah. They need more cops. They they need more... Yeah. Ned gives up some of his own men to help with this shit. Yes. It's wild Which Varys, for whatever reason, is like shocked by. I don't know what that was about, but... Now, when he goes and finds this book, I just want to give a shout out to the props department. Great prop work on the book. Ooh, that is a good good looking book. Yeah. <laughs> Looks very old, very oh, yeah. boring. They did a nice job on that one. This book is filled with descriptions and lineages of noble houses. Which pr- also props to whoever had to write all that down. Mm-hmm. That's not that's no fun. Yeah, presumably, grand maesters are the ones who do that. Yeah, I, I think. Or I maybe think. the Samuel Tarleys of the world. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're transcribing. True that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the whole the clue here, which is kind of a shit clue the that we find out, strong. the seed is the strong. Seed is strong. 
Ew. That's that's <laughs> what you had. Fucking gross. That's that's the line that that yes, he John know, Aaron he knows could, that the Baratheons are shooting madass sperm. They got strong sperm that takes over all the dominant traits. Sure, right. but point being, the man could have given some more useful <laughs> hint towards what he had discovered. He was trying to be discreet. Dis- yeah, yeah. The seed is strong. The seed is strong. I want those to be my last <laughs> words too. After you have 27 children. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we also learn here for the first time, I believe, that Lord Varys is a eunuch as mm. Grandmaster mm. Pycelle begins his campaign against Lord Varys to make him seem as sneaky and shitty as possible. He is sneaky. Implying that the only people who poison are women and eunuchs and that maybe Varys was mm. the one who killed John Aaron. So this is our first kind of like other hint. Sure. Because so far all we just think, oh, this was the Lannisters mm-hmm. through and through. Now maybe, oh, little Varys is a little... Sketch, perhaps. Ned comes across Arya practicing her balance. She's already become like obsessed with training, becoming She's a so water cute dancer. Little Arya. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Serio yeah. says, "I know." <laughs> yeah, we get like forty <laughs> of those. Lines. I could picture that. That's like when a kid's like yeah, really yeah. into science or something, and they're like, "But well, did you know all the planets?" Blah, blah, blah. Like I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like they get really obsessed with whatever they're learning. Yeah, I don't know why planets. I thought <laughs> I thought it was interesting how well, they're talking about what's Bran gonna do now mm-hmm. because he's crippled and what like if he never walks again or whatever and he had originally planned to be a member of the Kingsguard which is not something I was aware of that was like his goal it's like when you're a little kid and you're like I want to be an astronaut right yeah or um, player, yeah. yeah or a baseball player uh, Ned makes reference to Brandon the Builder he does says he may he might raise castles like Brandon the Builder. Parentheses or, or a wall, B. Oh. or yeah, or B Brandon the Builder, or he is Brandon the Builder, or <laughs> he's all the Brandons. Yeah, God, we'll never. I don't never think we're know. ever going to get full answers on any of that. But this is when we get the famous line yes. that is re reintroduced in season seven, where Ned says, "You will marry a high lord and rule his castle, and your sons shall be knights and princes and lords." And Arya says, "No." That's, not, That's me. not me. That's not me. That is not me, yo. Not a line that I remembered. Nobody until did. Yeah. Only, only this D&D biggest of nerds did. told us to That's remember it. That's not me. Yeah, and then she goes straight back to practicing her balance. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a fucking ninja. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're referring to the scene in season seven when she sees Nymeria and wants Nymeria to come back with her. And then she realizes that Nymeria has her own life now. Her own she path. Says, That's not you. That's right. not you. Yeah. That is, that was maybe the Great worst callback. 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 I thought well, it was the most loosely connected callback in the history of Game of yes, Thrones. Yes, that's callbacks. what I yeah. was going to say. That I was liked a tough. It. I liked it. I it liked was it. good if you it remember was, that line. Deep. It's deep. Very tough. Very that's, tough. That that is why you know you, you we should have been doing rewatches every single se- every single off season if we were true fans. If we were true fans, <laughs> we would have done a rewatch between every. O- <laughs> if there were more seasons to come. Like a season nine, uh-huh. we would do another one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Between eight and nine, <laughs> but there aren't, so we won't. Because seven, Sad. eight, nine. Yes. <laughs> well done. Uh, <laughs> out at the wall. <laughs> out at the wall. Sam becomes uh, John's new watch partner at the top. Mike, this is a shitty job to stand up there at the top of the wall and essentially have to watch the tree line. Is what you're doing. To make sure that nobody comes right, out. Right. Right. Especially at a time uh, when people aren't coming too often. Yep. And, uh, well, I mean, I just, it's so cold. It's the middle of the damn night. Quite You'd be tired, bored. It's not like you got your cell phone to be Mm -hmm. peeping Instagram or anything. You're just standing there like an idiot. 
Uh, we find out why Sam is at the Night's Watch in this scene, though, that his father's a real dickhead, made him go, and uh, said if he didn't, then they would... Murder him. Hunt him. Yeah. Like the most dangerous game. Yes. Yeah, shouts to uh, old Randall Tarley getting fried by the dragon. Don't feel so bad about that one now, do you? I, I never did. But he is a real ass. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Real piece of shit. The, no, I never felt bad about Randall. I felt a little bad about Dickon. R.I.P. Well, sure. I f- poor guy just got strapped with a bad dad just like Sam did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But probably should have passed on being fried alive. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a poor decision by, by old uh, Dick on. Dick, dick on, dick <laughs> off. Yeah, another way you can support this podcast is by going to leesa.com slash dragon to check out Lisa Mattress. Dragon. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. How are they socially conscious? They're driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. They donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program. They also plant one tree for every mattress sold. That's a shitload of trees. And donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. All three of us here on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, Ross, Barrett, and Veronica, we all sleep on Lisa mattresses now. Yeah, we sure do. And I sleep well. Not, yeah. Oh, I sleep so One, well. One, because the mattress is very comfortable. And two, because they're Being socially conscious. conscious. Yeah. And so are you. So you feel good about yourself. Yeah, so I can sleep well at night. It's a double win. It's a double, yeah. A win-win. Times two. That's what they call a win-win. Yes. These are 100% American-made mattresses that ship straight to your door in a box. It's very cool. You get home, the box is there, you take it to your bed, you open it. It's maybe the most fun thing. You know, it is. Other than the sleep. It's very fun. Opening the mattress, too, is really fun. Yeah, yeah. You like dump this thing out on your bed, and then it just like sucks up the air and unfolds, and boom, mattress. And suddenly it's a, you have a luxury mattress on yeah. top of your bed. Yes. It's, or on top of your box spring or whatever you have. Yeah. No. They're awesome. Very, very comfortable. You can try them risk-free for 100 nights with free shipping. Go to leesa.com slash dragon today. Lisa.com slash dragon. Dragon. If you're part of the Clam Fam, you need to be sleeping on a Lisa mattress. It is known. It is known. Get on there. Get yourself one. Lisa.com slash dragon. All right. Bouncing back to King's Landing. We got Peter Baelish here starting to get tricky. Getting real sly and tricksy. Playing games with Ned. Tells him to question Sir Hugh. He's painting up this Sir Hugh guy as somehow having something to do with the death of John Aaron. Uh, He also tells him that John Aaron repeatedly visited this blacksmith up on a hill in, uh, you know. Someplace. Somewhere in King's Landing. Flea Bottom? Perhaps Do we know No it's at the end of Steel Street Oh um, of course Thank you Barrett <laughs> Right off the corner of the Street of Sisters I'm not very, good. I'm not very good with directions um, You're just a map Did Do you think that Littlefinger Knew Why John Aaron was going up there he, I am under the impression At this point From that scene with, with him and Ned talking That he does know Cause that seems like a Big piece of info to give him Yeah but there's so much uh, to... I guess Littlefinger is still at this point just kind of like looking to throw everything into chaos. Right. If there's anything we learned from season seven, it's that there's not always a it's full a intent and behind... Yes, chaos is a ladder. Uh, Grandexshop.com slash SEC. <laughs> there's not always a total end game for him. It's right. that he's trying to create chaos in order for him to... Then he finds his spots, mm-hmm. picks his spots from there. So yeah, it doesn't really make sense that he'd give Ned this insanely important information. Yeah. 
other than the fact that he knows Ned figuring things out more will cause more chaos. Yeah, and this, and this is one of the reasons why it's so hard to keep track of who is behind what, because at the end of the day, we have to remember that Littlefinger killed John Aaron to set this whole thing into motion, right. and it's like, well, what did he want to set into motion? Yeah. And it's like this Stark and Lannister beef, basically, which he basically was just setting chaos into motion is, is, for is, as for as many people to wipe each other out as possible so, so that, that he, he could, could climb climb on the on on the rubble essentially yes yeah yeah so john or uh, ned does go visit this blacksmith first off and he he meets gendry and pretty quickly gendry being introduced for the first time pretty quickly mm-hmm. figures out this is robert's bastard son yep. yeah because yep. that seed is strong a good a seed is strong seed is strong seed his mama has strong. yellow hair but Exactly. That was that was that black. was big. That was big. Yeah. The seed is because his mom had yellow hair, but he turned he got out hair of black, all dark. Hair of black. Yes. Yeah. Black of hair. Black, black of hair. Black of hair. That's uh, how they say it. Black of hair. Dyslexia. That's it. That's a problem we have here. Black of hair. Blue of eye. Mm-hmm. Weird way to describe things. Uh, I'm a fan of it. I would <laughs> like us to start using that method going forward on our birth certificates and driver's <laughs> license, please. If if I, if I can have run one request to the government, that is it. <laughs> so Gendry shows John this badass helmet that he's made. That is uh, also we discussed in episode one in the podcast for episode one the hound's helmet. Yes, that was the big the hound. hound. Yeah. Uh, this is this is you know we talked about how we lost that kind of. Mm-hmm. This is the, another uh, it, the the helmet that Gendry has made is a giant is a bull. Yeah. It's a bull's head. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. And everybody should have these. And I don't know why we lost them. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we have them? Hey, let's not forget about Littlefinger basically also telling Ned to not trust him. Oh yeah. Right in the middle of the courtyard. I feel like he gives out. Distrusting me was the smartest thing he you've done since you got off your horse. Of... He gives out a lot of warnings. Wait, which are is we kind of the like, part yet? It's also... kind of like the reverse psychology it's, that's move. That's absolutely though. what it is. It was like you were smart to distrust me because you can trust me so well, but it was still smart, so now you can trust me more. I remember very, <laughs> very well at this point in the show being like, he, Littlefinger was one of my favorite characters because I was like, I dig this. He's like, he's a sneaky fucker, but he's also trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. But he's actually not so, at all. Nope, nope. that's not. He's nope, a terrible person. He's yes. never at any point doing the right thing. It's just the right thing for him. Right, right. But also, you you think at this point that Ned Stark has gained an ally, sort of. Maybe so, yeah. 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 Wait, did we address yet that Baelish also was like, yeah, Varys's spies are children, and that we got that already. Oh yeah, yeah. His little, that that little birds now? are our little. Oh kids. yeah, those kids. That those are Varys's bir- little Th- birds. That's a good point because I did. We do. You don't. You don't make. You don't tie the. You don't connect the dots there. No. That, all, that his little birds are little. No. All the little kids. So when we got that, I thought that was the first. I was like, yeah, it's oh, kind of a throwaway. Shit. Yeah. Important. We fucking knew that. Important also because it's just interesting that like it kind of gives you. You wonder where do all these people get all this information all the time? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they've got these little birds and spies all over the damn place. Yep, if yep. they're important enough to. Uh, Jamie is being forced at King's Landing to stand and guard outside Robert's chambers as Robert has what basically seems like the funnest party on earth in his, yeah. in his bedroom. He's got it's, like ten whores in there. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> The guy is just a glutton. There's no other oh, word. Oh, I bet it smells like blackberry. Let me smell it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know what this guy, he's... You think he's talking about booty hole, Veronica? I don't know what he's talking or just, about. Or just straight up snatch. I think, I'm going, I think, <laughs> I think it's the latter. Uh, I'm going to go with the latter. Okay. 
No way the other one Never smells like Never use that word bears. again. <laughs> Ew. Barrett's on his... Uh, God damn, Barrett. On his perv game there thing. I like it. children listening. I like it. I enjoy this. Anyway, so Jamie gets to talking <laughs> with Ned's like right-hand man. I forget this guy's name. Jory. Jory. And they bring up Thoros of Mir charging through the breach at Pike. Okay, so uh, yeah, the siege yeah, yeah. of Pike well, charging sword. through the breach has got to be the most talked about battle in all of Westeros. How many times have we heard about this? Like a thousand different times I feel like we've heard about this. And this is the first one, though. And this is the very, yes. Yeah. But in these later seasons, it'll get brought up over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because apparently everybody that, apparently everybody was fighting against the Greyjoys at that point because now we know that Thoros and Beric were fighting there and Jorah was fighting there because Jorah talks about right. being in he that also, battle with him. And, and they were all on the, the same flick. side. Yes. Jamie. Jamie Lannister was there. Ned Stark was there. This was a hell of a battle. Like all these dudes. It just dudes sounds were like a rager where like people can bring it up and like, oh, were you there? Yes, yeah, were you there, there at that? Yes. <laughs> it's crazy totally. because <laughs> totally. I, look, I get that if they don't want to do the flashbacks or whatever, I know we've got one flashback off. Uh, what do you call it? Spinoff possibly mm-hmm. happening that they've got a writer for or whatever. Just give me a two hours, the battle at Pike. Yeah. I need it. I need to see that. Doesn't need to be a full series. Just give me a <laughs> two-hour or one-off episode that's the Battle of Pike. That would this be awesome. This shit is chaos. But it also, it, it props to Thoros Amir because what we do end up finding out is that he was just shit-faced, and that's right, why he right. was so brave and willing to charge through the, the with his flaming sword. But but he sure didn't make a was, name for himself. It was so awesome that he, what he did that literally everybody in the whole damn world is talking yeah, about this shit. Seriously. For, for years and years for and years. 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 Yeah. This party was ten, was 10 years ago. It was a freaking Nine legend. Years ago. It was epic. Legend. <laughs> Thoros. Legend. Back at the wall, um, John, talking to his boys in, in the mess hall, tells them they're no longer going to hurt Sam, that they're going to do, regardless of what Alistair says, they're not going to hurt this dude anymore, that it's wrong, they're bringing him into the fold, where uh, one of the other members of the Night's Watch named Rast, he's a little shit, is yeah. like, no, I'm going to keep hurting him. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you, dude, I'm not going to do what you say. He looks I'm like going a shithead to too. Totally. S- slice off a piece of bacon. Yes. Is I think what he says. Um So they visit Rast in his sleep. Like this is a scene straight out of a military movie. What is the military movie where the one the with the this is my rifle, there are many like it, but whatever. No, no idea. you're not talking to me on you this. You don't one. remember? Not a big war movie guy. Uh well, anyway. I think it's that one where there's Full Metal Jacket. I think there's a scene in Full Metal Jacket where they're holding one of the soldiers down in his sleep and they like beat him with a sack of potatoes. Mm. It's like this military hazing tactic. Like, you're going to go along with what we say or you're going to improve or whatever because we're on the same team and you're blowing it. Anyway, they kind of do that to Rast. They hold him down in his sleep with a piece of rope right Mm. over the mouth that didn't look like it felt very good. And then Ghost climbs on top of him and snarls at him. Ghost has super red eyes in this scene. Like, Almost cartoonishly red. Mm. Anyway, no one touches Sam is what they tell him, and then as a result... I bet it's really tough to get those colored contacts into a dog. I know. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what it is, colored contacts. <laughs> as a result, nobody hits Sam the next day when they're, uh, when they're practicing, and Sir Alistair freaks out as a result, and further tries to drill into these guys, like, look, when you're out beyond the wall, do you want to have like a freaking soft chubby kid who can't fight next to you or do you want a man 
later on, Sam, Sam and John discussed the rules of celibacy at the Night's Watch. Oh, this was kind of cute. It was. It was, a, it was the first scene where they're really building a friendship, and it's this, this like bond that they keep for the rest of the show. Yeah. And although we do not hear the exact idiom of the Westerosi idiom, back alley Sally, <laughs> we do hear a little the idiom yes. Sally on the side. Sally on the side. <laughs> so I Poor think Sally. that Sally is a euphemism for a whore. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a Sally. In Westeros. In yes. Westeros. Maybe yes. everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's a British thing. Sally on the side. Some, one, of our, one of our UK listeners. Is that like a thing that y'all still do? It's got to be a British thing. You'll call, you call them Sally's? Well, I mean... It, I'm sure maybe they don't anymore. Do we call them anything? Yeah, we, we no, we don't have a name that no. we like. Like a name name? That's not yeah. an American thing though. That's usually like a like. Do we call them like Kristens? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like crystals. But that's a <laughs> British style thing. Like the British used to use. Is, they do these little sayings with names like that. Yeah. I feel like that's a British thing. Okay. Yeah. Like a fancy. But yeah. Nancy. So back Sa- alley, Sally, Sally on the side. John even like repeats it. He's like <laughs> Sally on the side. Like what are you fucking serious using yeah. that phrase? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, they, but they also bring up this this concept of Molestown, the whorehouse in Molestown, mm-hmm. and that a lot of the guys at the Night's Watch go to Molestown, you know, to to, to bang. And it's the first time that we kind of get this uh, idea that maybe the whole Night's Watch oath stuff isn't quite as serious as it's made out to be. Right. But John's gonna keep it pretty serious until he doesn't. Well, sure. Ooh, I uh, like red hair. Thank <laughs> you. We get the first hint that John prefers redheads. Yes. Well, okay, so he tells Sam he's a virgin, which is a bit shocking for a character as handsome as John is. Yes. And as, as handsome as and m- manly. As rich. As, as hairy. And handsome. Mm-hmm. And cut. And handsome. And, and sweet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we find out he had a chance to lose his virginity to Roz, the whore. To Roz. Hey, <laughs> holy she's, shit! Is she the only whore there is. She just gets around. She's uh, like the town bicycle. Everybody's had her ride. And this is <laughs> <laughs> shout out Austin Powers. And this is uh very important because it it instills in us this whole the nobility that Ned has within John, sort of mm-hmm. that he didn't do it because he didn't bone Roz. Because he's a bastard and he doesn't want to bring other bastards into the world and force them to endure what he endured, having never met his mother or known anything about her. Uh, and his quote is, all I could think was, what if I got her pregnant and she had a child, another bastard named Snow, it's not a good life for a child. So he's such a good dude that he didn't bone, I guess his, he just has no faith in his pullout game at I was all. just going to say, do they not know about pulling out? <laughs> he doesn't have any faith in that method. And just, you know, need to get need to get him a sheepskin. Get you a sheepskin. Do they have that? I feel like they had shit. They it's haven't made any reference to col- condoms on this show or, or whatever. I feel like that that's for sure a thing, though. I don't know. We, well, we don't know if it is in this universe, but it was in, in the past. In like the in past. the real yeah. medieval. Well, I don't know shit. about that. I don't know when it started, but condoms definitely existed as like goatskin, sheepskin, that type of thing back in the day. So Alistair busts in on John and Sam, like having their boy talk dude talk bro talk and tells us it was 10 years ago since the last winter that's i like in my head i didn't have that carved out correctly mm-hmm. uh timeline wise they said it was a short winter right the last one was like th- a three-year winter this doesn't count yeah but st- it's still crazy it was only 10 years ago so right like, right right they were they were alive yeah they just weren't old enough to fully experience it or yeah. remember it um and that during that winter that 
prior winter, Sir Alistair spent six months out beyond the wall. He got stuck out there, basically, with a, with a band of guys. Uh, they had to eat their horses, eat some of their own men who went down. Ugh. It Just a horror story is what he tells. And it really just ramps up. And it, at this point, also, I wasn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell as a first-time watcher what he meant by beyond the wall. But he is referring to north of the wall, like going on a ranger mission. Yeah, right. And you don't really have the concept yet during season one of north of the wall, south of the wall, and what those differences really mean. I feel like you kind of did. I feel like I kind of did. I d- I didn't. I guess is what I'm saying. Like with uh, with the opening scene of the whole series. Mm-hmm. That it never struck me until much much later on that mm. that took place north of the wall, that they were on a ranger mission north of the wall, not oh, south of the wall. Yeah, right? I feel like I got that. I feel like I got yeah. that. We had that because we had that, and Benjamin talks about how he's going back out on mm-hmm. a ranging mission right. north of the wall, and that like all these people don't know what's north of the, like. Yeah, that's the scary place. It um, must be nice. I'm just your, a big idiot. Your ancestors <laughs> are on the right side of the wall. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, all but that stuff. for whatever reason, this just didn't click for me until. Watch or listening to this again. Okay. Um, That's why we do it, Ross. I know. I you know, know it is. I know it is. Old back alley Sally yes. Back at Viastothrak, Viserys gets really pissed off at Danny. Gets handsy, like tackles her and is like hits her, hits, tackles. smacks her, tackles her, and she fights back, smacks him with like the what is it, a chain or something? Yeah, she it's hits a piece him with of jewelry. It says, the next time you raise a hand to me will be the last time you have hands. Yeah. Ooh, girl. I feel like this was, and I, I feel like I'm remembering this correctly. This scene, when she's like, I am a queen, mother effing Khaleesi, Khaleesi yeah. of mm-hmm. with like carrying Khal Drogo's son, and like, and if you touch me again, I'm going to chop off your hands. I feel like this was like the first time we were like, Khaleesi is our bitch. Yeah. yeah. She's like, badass. She's, the, she's our... She's awesome. This yeah. is the first big step toward her becoming her, who she is, and and her being like the most likable character on the show at this point. Yes, yeah. Like where you're all out rooting for her for sure in every scene yep. for a because while. She's like very forward. kind, also to everyone mm-hmm. else. Super still. kind heart, very soft, and developing into this strong role mm-hmm. as a as a strong Khaleesi. Yeah. Uh, Jora references to Khaleesi that. Basically, she's talking to Jorah about how she threatened her brother and mm-hmm. hit him, and that she shouldn't have woke the dragon or whatever. And we still have no fucking idea what the hell that's about at this point. Just what does the he dragon. even think that's about? He doesn't he's just point. using it as like a scare tactic. He doesn't. Yeah. Know shit. Okay. Yeah. He he doesn't know shit. Jorah says your brother Rhaegar was the last dragon. Viserys is less than the shadow of a snake. <laughs> uh, Danny says he's still the true king, and we get this is very important. This turning point here where Jorah says, truth now, do you want to see your brother sitting on the Iron Throne? And she says, no, but the common people are waiting for him. Uh, what's the name of the guy? Illyrio? Illyrio, yeah. Said they are sowing banners and, p- and praying for his return. And Jorah's basically like, that's fucking nonsense. Right. Yeah. The, the, the regular people do not care at all who sits on the Iron Throne. Yep. They do not pray about that type of shit. That, that is complete and utter horseshit. Um... And that's when Danny acknowledges, my brother will never take back the Seven Kingdoms. He couldn't lead an army, even if my husband gave him one. He will never take us home. Yep. And that's pretty much a nail yep. in the coffin on thinking Viserys yep. has any shot of actually right. even surviving, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. you, you pretty it, his future's sealed up there. 
Yeah, Jorah tosses out that line line about that they don't care like the ga- the about for the games the High Lords are playing. Mm-hmm. Right, and it kind of made me think to this recent to the most recent season because in a lot of ways we're still playing those games. Sure. Yeah, and it, and 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 I don't know. There there is like a there is like an underlying theme throughout the series about that not really mattering all that much. Well, it's people. it's not that it doesn't matter all that much. It's I think know. it's that the common people are so disconnected from it mm-hmm. that we see their versions of it. Like when the, with the plays with the play. that Arya that's sure, the next sure. one, really big example. I so yeah. they're they're seeing things play out on stage that we saw in the show six seasons ago. Right, right. So it's like and you wildly know, inaccurate. They're just yeah, and wildly inaccurate, and and they're just so disconnected and they have so many issues of their own it's like they don't care who's yeah. fighting to sit on top of the thir- like they don't know all the ins I, and outs of all that crap I, I guess I mean I guess that's why it makes like the the big war so serious mm-hmm. is because they're that's the war that they're actually going to fight to try to save everybody, everybody. this yeah. matters to everybody right yeah so for sure um back in King's Landing Sir Baelish I, I'm Sir Baelish wow Peter Baelish meets Sansa for the first time, and creepy already is all yeah already really unnecessarily weird to her mm-hmm. by telling her the story about Sir Gregor Clegane and the and uh, the Hound. I was so nervous that I thought we were about to get the mountain uh, mountain in the horse chop scene. Oh, dude, that I, one's brutal. I fucking hate that scene. I think that's next I think next it's, episode. It's gotta be next episode. Yeah, this, the tournament because it's not part over. of the tournament, right? Yeah. So not really looking forward to that one. Um. I thought Robert is was just very. He was just. He's he's just he's basically like a Buffalo Bills fan up there. <laughs> <laughs> he is just like yeah. rip roaring drunk before it's already he, begun. He's that part just, of Bills Mafia for yeah, sure. I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen members of the Bills Mafia s- s- say the exact same thing. Like start the game before I piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay, Robert is still <laughs> likable to me though for some reason. Like I. Yeah, like, I like yeah, him. He's like a big lovable idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's funny. He's a big he's drunk like, fat guy. You wouldn't like him. You wouldn't like hanging out with him. But I uh, like him. Get on with it before I, mean, I piss myself. I think maybe I think back in the day I I still enjoyed his character. Now I, I'm he's easier to dislike because it's like well you know the result of his incompetence basically right yeah. and it's it's kind of clear that he was a spurned jealous angry young lover mm-hmm. yeah and he started this entire mess because of it and he doesn't even really want to be here like well he doesn't want the end result which is him being on the iron throne yeah he yeah, doesn't right. want to be king. he doesn't want to be king like it's you know it's just like be- becoming king was like a side effect of the other things he wanted right. which was to murder everybody that he felt was responsible for yeah him losing his the woman he was in love with right so, so that's that's you yeah. Know, he's kind of a piece of shit, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, and he's and and he get and he basically like is going to get. But Ned he's killed. still kind of funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. the the result, like his selfishness and his uh, unwillingness to res- respect the responsibility of the role, mm-hmm. is 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 what causes all this shit. Yeah. So, you guys are for sure. I thought that maybe there was some confusion. I thought he. I didn't think he was lying about what happened. I thought he was misinformed about Liana not loving Rhaegar. 
I don't see a way that it could apply. I think Robert took part in the lie. Okay. That he, it's like if. Uh, I get that feeling too. That he's okay. part of the reason that lie spread is because he was unwilling to accept and take the knock to his reputation as this badass, handsome warrior younger. Granted, he didn't look like he does now. So you got to picture right. him as a much stronger, much thinner. Like Gendry. Gendry. Sure. Mm-hmm. That he couldn't take the hit to his ego that she chose someone else over him. So he rode with this lie that she was kidnapped and raped. Yeah. Kind of, We're talking kind of about like a Liana. twisting of the truth. Like, yeah, no, but can you believe him? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, f- I feel okay. like he... Uh, and then he just had a roll with it. Yeah. he. I mean, hell, he may have even started. He may have made it up. He yeah. might have been the whole reason that all that exists. We don't know. Okay. But at the very least, I feel like that was a, a story that was, you know, kind of starting... And he de- and he definitely. You don't think Ned would have known the truth, though, don't you think that Liana would have been like, "Yo, I, don't, I, I do like not him. think Ned knew the truth. I no. don't either, but how not? Yeah, I don't know. She That's could only question. get one piece of information out before she died. And she got the most important one out, maybe, sort of. Yeah, that's that, yeah. I don't know with with Ned with her even before yeah, him though. She, like, hey, listen, I kind of like this guy. You don't tell your brother that? It just seems weird. Yeah. Good well, question. Best good friend. Though. Don't start this. Yeah, yo, tell your friend to back off. I like him. I, I think I this just is. I like think that's also part of it, though, is that I think that Ned's role in Robert's rebellion wasn't all that honest and noble either. Really? Well, yeah. he knew things that could have stopped right the course of the way things played. Well, I, it's tough because he finds out about John. After the rebellion is is over, right? So there's nothing he could have done with that information. True, true, true. It's just, and we don't really know what he knew before that. Yeah, yeah. like all this stuff we're discussing right now regarding his sister, we don't know who knew what. It just seems odd to me that why isn't Liana ever stepping up and being like, "Yo, no, like this is mutual." I think he's part, not I'm, stealing me. The the like the obvious answer, the only real option is that. She was unwilling to tell her. Maybe she told him, is one. Maybe she didn't tell him because she didn't want to break his heart too. Because Robert was his best friend, right? And I could see that being hard for her as as his sister. But we don't know. Is the point? Maybe we find out later. Maybe we don't. Yeah. Back to this this tournament that's taking place. The tournament of the hand. Uh, the mountain, the original mountain, by the way, different actor. Kills Sir Hugh of the Vale. Yes. Who's the guy Ned was going to question. Very... Of course. Very uh, convenient for Littlefinger here. That he takes a freaking, like a splinter off that, Mm -hmm. uh, what is it called? A a lance. Off the lance, yeah. To the throat. He bleeds out. Littlefinger creepily tells Sansa the story of the mountain and the hound. That was some some early season style gratuitous gore. There, Do, with where the, he bleeds with him, out, with where him he's bleeding out, <laughs> gurgling <laughs> the blood, yeah, like mm-hmm. gargling up blood. Yes, yeah. It's like firing out of his mouth, yeah, like, and a like freaking bubbling up, and like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the story of the mountain and the hound is good. That's such a good delivery from the actor who plays Peter Baelish, and we find out for the first time why the hound is all burnt up like mm-hmm. that, and what exactly went down. I noticed something in the scene where Ned is in his his quarters reading through this book that he got from Grandmaster Pycelle, the assassin's dagger, the cat's paw's dagger, is sitting on the book in that scene. 
just kind of we- I, I don't really know what hmm. I didn't realize he had it at this point um as I guess really all I'm saying then we get the great ending to this episode that's at an inn somewhere between King's Landing and Winterfell I did not remember this scene at all until I saw it I have such a vivid memory of this one. Really? Yeah, because I think this was like where I was... I mean, there's been many points in the first four episodes where I was like, damn, I really like this show. But like this hooked me hook, line, and sinker or whatever, as they say. Like I was like, fuck, what is going on? Where Sir Roderick and Catelyn are in this inn. They're traveling back to Winterfell in secret. Tyrion comes in. He needs a room. The inn is full. And he offers up a gold dragon to anybody who will vacate their room for him and who 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 appears but braun <laughs> for the first time and barrett like you said i had totally forgotten about that he is introduced this early on um there's a clever man yes that was yeah seeing him was crazy. i almost fucking... thought it was maybe an accident like is he <laughs> supposed to be braun right yeah, now or yeah, is he oh yeah. oh yeah he's braun braun of the blackwater not yet but you know well no not not of the blackwater yet but yeah. he's braun through and through <laughs> so Tyrion recognizes Lady Stark, who who's very clearly trying to remain incognito, and it this dramatic scene plays out with Catelyn calling to each of these like different guys from different banners that are loyal to the Tullys. Yep. Yes. And asking that they seize Tyrion. Yeah. Which results in all of them at once pulling all of their swords and pointing them directly at him yes. in like a in, which is just yeah. So interesting note. This is about the last scene that I read in book one before I got distracted with a million other things and did not continue reading the books. This is probably two years ago now. That's funny. So when I do eventually go back and read, I'll I'll have to start the book over. But this is about as far as I got in book one, and I remember thinking. For some reason, when I was reading the book, I remember thinking that this is a this is a huge turning point in the book, in the show too. Yeah, because well, in the show, it's kind of like the first massive mistake, I guess, is just Ned leaving in the first place, leaving Winterfell. Yeah. Well, okay. Even though some say, you know, I see this is the first that, massive that, mistake that, that he didn't really have a choice. Yeah, I see this is the first massive but mistake. This in the book, it stuck out to me especially. This is the first like huge mistake well and it gets it gets nailed like hit on over and over like yeah. how big of an error it was for Catelyn for to Catelyn take to Tyrion d- hostage yeah. essentially putting into stone this rift between mm-hmm. the right. Lannisters and the Starks yep and yeah. I mean how many people say to Ned like dude what is your wife doing yeah like this is very bad you need to get your wife under control like all that shit Robert brings it up every episode for the rest of the season like yeah, no, it's not good. It what's one thing to me is like Tyrion didn't protest very much. Well, what's he gonna do? Yeah. I guess not but I mean what is what does he think she is arresting him for? Oh well, he says she, she says it. That he, he conspired that he, to kill her son. Bran. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I would have been like, Nope, nope, don't know why you think that. Uh absolutely untrue. What the fuck are you talking about? That had nothing to do with that. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I wish we could be. Uh, I wish it would be better explained to us what Tyrion knows at this point, like because we talked about. Does he know, or does he think his sister and brother had something to do with it, or does he only know that they? I mean, like what? No, I. I, I don't know. think he knows. I think he just knows that they may have been involved somehow, 
with brand falling. Hmm. Well, yeah. All in all, that's it. That's where the episode ends. That sure does. Cripples, bastards, and broken things. Oh, it sure does. I wrap up the double Brian episode. Yeah, you know? and like I said, I mean, a lot of lot of themes throughout this episode, but definitely like very clearly a Brian and Brian episode. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> if anything stands out to me, it's how this how is a Brian, Brian and Brian, Brian episode. It was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Now it also <laughs> gave me a lot like uh, it further reinforce I wish we had and I know we've covered so much of it in the first six seasons that season seven was lacking in in more of the history and lore and background mm-hmm. that these episodes are so rich even when not much is going on you're right. getting yeah. so right. much right. information yeah. that it's just like whoa this is crazy yeah. it's a whole yeah. new world <laughs> yeah that's what makes it so exciting yeah anyway uh, we will be back next Monday with another episode Keep the Night's Rewatch going. Follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me on all social media at WR Bolin. Follow Veronica on everything at Veronica Ruck, except Snapchat. It's VM Ruck. VM Ruck. The M stands for Milady. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Barrett, where, where can you be followed? Uh, the people can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Barrett Dudley. That's B A R R E T T D U D L E Y. We've got a hotline, 866-43-CLAMS. We need more calls for this next week. And here's the thing. If you watch, I guess, if you're watching Sunday, call as soon as you can after. Because I'm listening to all those calls between our rewatch on Sunday night and our recording Monday afternoon. Uh, So try to get your call in, you know, on time is what I'm saying. Like, there's still ones rolling in right now. I can see them, and I can't, we're not, they're not going to be on the show because it's, we're already recorded. 866-43-CLAMS is our hotline number. We would really appreciate it if you'd go on iTunes, if you're enjoying the night's rewatch, if you're part of the Clam fam and you haven't done this already, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, and please write a review. It would mean a lot. And subscribe. Even if you don't listen on the podcast app from subscribe. your iPhone, just subscribe anyway. Just and tell your a, friends. Do, do us, do a, us solid. a solid. Yeah. yeah. Do us a solid. Do us a solid and get more people in on the Clam fam. Yeah. Let's build this night's rewatch. We need more people to man the wall. It's still really easy to catch up. On the night's rewatch. Yeah, we're four we're deep. Four episodes that's, deep. You can do that in two days. You can do that in an afternoon, <laughs> if you're being real about it. Yep. Like, you don't have shit to do yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, just call in sick. Call in sick from work one day. Yeah. And or, just, or just do it on Sunday like a normal person, but yeah, sh- whatever. Uh, GrandXShop.com slash OCC. Get yourself some oysters, clams, and cockles themed shirts, some Game of Thrones joke shirts. Good stuff. Also, support this podcast by checking out ManOutfitters.com. Use the code DRAGON. To get 10% off your entire order on manoutfitters.com. Dragon. RowdyGentleman.com. Also use the code Dragon there. 10% off your whole order. Rowdy Gentleman's got great funny t-shirts. Great cool t-shirts. We, a whole line of new stuff. Just came out for the fall. Big sale going down starting Tuesday. Starting Tuesday, which yeah, is uh, October 3rd. A ton of sale items on RowdyGentleman.com. And even if you're on the sale, put the code Dragon in at the end. Yeah. Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. Also got a sports podcast called Backdoor Cover, hosted by me and Dylan Shivery. Backdoor Cover comes out every Monday and Thursday. Subscribe to that on iTunes. Uh, Touching Base with Postgrad Problems is one of our websites, postgradproblems.com, which is a humor and comedy website for the recently graduated from college up until like your early 30s, 35-ish. 
probably cut off when you have kids. I don't know. You should think it's funny forever, though. Anyway, podcast for that group. Very funny. Touching base is what it's called. Subscribe to that on iTunes. Dudes Doing Business is another one of our podcasts here at Grand X. Hosted by our CEO, Madison Wickham, uh, David Ruff, who's been on here multiple times, and Joe Nullett, who has also been on OCC multiple times. They uh, talk about business. If you need some fresh insight, some perspective from some young businessmen, this is the place to get it. It's a good show, very entertaining, good guests, great hotline calls. Uh, Inside TFM, another podcast for TotalFratMove.com for the college audience. Check that out. Subscribe to that as well. Again, we'll be back Monday next week. We will see you then. Thank you. Goodbye, Clam Family.